the Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Hi, welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle podcast and today we have a special guest, Matthew Peasley from the Pittsburgh Catholic who's going to talk about building a vibrant parish and I'm really surprised because everybody's definition of a vibrant parish is so different and um, what you hear from this uh, episode is how different archdioceses, different states, different groups or even countries, communities are coming together to build vibrant parishes in different ways and uh, it's quite different in how they're doing it in Pittsburgh but that's how that's a lesson I think that you get to learn is that everybody's way of doing or achieving this vibrancy is very very different so before we go to the podcast here's a word from our sponsors Attention church leaders, are you looking to grow your church membership and congregation? Look no further than noahsEventVenue.com slash church. Noah's Event Venue rents its location out to church groups just like yours for Sunday worship services, Bible study, prayer groups, Sunday school, and more. So come ye two by two to Noah's. For more information, just give us a call at 843-455-6845 or visit us online at noahsEventVenue.com slash church. Don't forget to ask us about getting one month free. That's Noah's eventvenue.com slash church. We'd love to have your congregation meet at Noah's. Uh, so my name is Matthew Peasley. I'm the associate editor of the Pittsburgh Catholic newspaper uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we cover the Diocese of Pittsburgh. It's six counties in western Pennsylvania. Uh, I've, been, I've been in this position for uh, almost two years now. Uh, I've, I worked at other daily newspapers before coming to the Pittsburgh Catholic. Um, I'm a product of Catholic education. I went Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. Uh, so I've been uh, devoted to my faith uh, for my entire life. So now that I'm working for the church, it's uh, it's very fulfilling. Isn't it nice to actually be um, to be using your uh, faith as well, you know, at work too? Because a lot of people would be Catholic at home or be Catholic at church, but then to be Catholic at work is something else, right? Yes, it's very nice, because uh, usually you might have to tiptoe around the subject of religion in general at a normal workplace, yeah. I guess. Um, you don't want to push people's buttons the wrong way or come across as being weird or different or out there, but yeah, when working with uh, fellow Christians, fellow Catholics, it's uh, nice that we all can sharing the same faith and openly discuss uh, what's happening in the church and and where we go to mass on Sundays and how we're volunteering at our own parishes so it's it's nice that we're all on the same page too and i reached out to you because you wrote this post at your paper and i think it was about uh, building a vibrant parish and one of the things you talk about is evangelization so how is it that this is at the heart of a vibrant parish sure so it, it's it's a really a big topic in Pittsburgh now because we're undergoing a several year long transformation. It's called On Mission for the Church Alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it it's we we're trying to spread the word of God even more than what we have in the past uh, by bringing people together. Uh, the unfortunate downside of this is that some churches may close in the near future. Some mass times are going to be dropped. Uh, but the whole purpose is to bring people together, to have fuller churches, more people worshiping, and getting people who may have fallen away from the faith or 
or grown out of it over the years back to church and back to realizing uh, why this is important and why we live out our daily lives uh, to praise and worship Jesus Christ. So uh, we're, it, it, it was introduced about five years ago, this on mission for the church alive. And uh, within, within the next two to three years, there's going to be more radical transformations. Uh, right now in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, there's 188 parishes. And within five, within the next five years, that number may dwindle down to about 57 parishes. So it's a pretty mm. drastic, drastic change. Uh, but whereas evangelization is at the heart of this, because it's not just about losing mass times or closing churches. It's it's about having fuller churches and more people coming back mm-hmm. uh, to worship. So evangelization was at the heart of that story I wrote, uh, just in kind of talking about of how people could come back and different activities that parishes can plan uh, because not all, a big thing is collaboration between parishes. Mm-hmm. So there's so many churches that are within two miles of each other. You can almost walk from one church to the other. So mm-hmm. for so many years, for so many years, they were almost working independently. So with this new initiative in Pittsburgh, we want to bring these churches and parishes together. Uh, they'll eventually combine to form one new parish with, maybe multiple church sites, but by working together and wel- welcoming yourself to new neighbors and new followers of Christ, hopefully the parishes can be stronger, much stronger than they were when they were in- operating independently. So you're actually focused on not just having uh, a higher quality, but as well as the quantity of, of uh, participating Christians has to increase, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that I mean, I'm, I'm in my late 20s, and so many people my age uh, don't seem to have a, a sole purpose in life. Yeah. And I, I know that I've, I've talked to a lot of my friends who I went to Catholic school with who may have fallen away from the faith just because it may not, going to church doesn't always fit into their weekend plans. Mm. But uh, if you make it a point to go every week uh, and learn more about the faith, read the Bible during the week to prepare yourself for Sunday's readings and just understand why we do this and why people have been doing this for more than 2000 years. There's a mm. deeper meaning to it. And it's, it's definitely made my life more fulfilling, I think, because when I was in college and growing up, I, I, I admit I kind of fallen away from the faith, but mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to, I knew once I got settled down and more established that I wanted to get back to my Catholic and Christian roots. And it's really paid off for me. Now I feel uh, that I'm living life with a purpose and uh, the weeks go by so much quicker, I guess, when you have something to look forward to. And yeah. I look forward to going to mass. I look forward to going to adoration. And mm. I look forward to, for, look forward to praying before I go to bed each night, too. I think this is my gripe with, with a lot of parishes today is that there's very little that is geared towards working youth. I think everything is, is for kids and then for teenagers and then right on to adults who are, you know, senior citizens maybe. But yeah. the working youth don't have a lot of activity. And I think we've left out this this age group of people to do whatever they want. Yes, that's definitely true. Um, I know at least here in Pittsburgh, I can attest, there's, there's some areas of Pittsburgh that are much older with an older population. And then there's other areas that are booming with uh, vibrant youth, vibrant uh opportunities for people my age to get involved. I mean, some, mm-hmm. there's some parishes that have weekly dinners just to get together. And yeah. it's nice to know, it's nice to know that there's other people out there who yeah. share the same faith. And it's almost like uh, people my age are 
they're they're not certain that there's other people out there. So mm-hmm. if if you put if you put yourself out there and volunteer and uh, get to know other people in your community, it's amazing how many people you can meet uh, who share the same outset that you do. Now you mentioned um, this. Uh, I think this was a quote, and uh, you said that the the church was once upon a time a place where people could uh, where people came. And now it's the place where people go. And quite honestly, I didn't quite understand this. So what do you, what do you mean when you say this? Sure. That's, uh, I was just talking to my fellow co-workers and even some people reading, they didn't understand it either. I actually uh, got that quote from one of our priests. And uh, it took me a while to understand what he meant too. And it's really important because not only is the church a building that you go to or that you come to every Sunday for Mass, spend an hour uh, or hour and a half with uh, in, in the presence of Christ, but the church needs to be a place where you go and where you go out and where you represent the Catholic Church or your home parish. Uh, for example, um, in my neighborhood uh, in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, um, there was a unfortunate fire that displaced several families on a street. Uh, two houses caught fire and the uh, families were displaced, but representatives from the church, uh, Holy Apostles Parish, were almost the first on the scene to give food and water and clothing and offer them a place to stay. So that's kind of what I mean by as a place where people go. So you, when you do great act, great things like that, you're a rep, you can become a representative of your own parish. So by going out and uh, representing the Catholic faith, the Christian faith, and uh, your own parish, I think that's... Uh, that's an important thing too, because not only is church, not only is the church the building, the church is the many people who mm-hmm. make up the make up the church. So how is it? And and I think what you're actually saying is that we need to practice this more than we preach this, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, not just one day a week, but uh, seven days a week, <laughs> as as often as you can. You need to be uh, you need to be the hands of Christ, uh, mm. the feet of Christ, and and the the mouth and ears of Christ, too. Yeah. Who said that? Wasn't that Mother Teresa? Yes, yes, I believe so. <laughs> that's definitely, it's, it's a big, that, that's a big quote uh, within the Diocese of Pittsburgh now as we try to evangelize and mm-hmm. and, uh, and grow the faith. So how is it that we can actually practice this gospel more than we can preach it? Because that's some, sometimes uh, a lot of people look at our lives and say, oh my goodness, Catholics are X or Y, and you know, they're not doing what they should be doing. So how is it that we practice more than we preach? Yeah, I think that's something that uh, it's almost on-the-job training with that. Um, <laughs> another exa- um, example, in, in, and I like to use my section of Pittsburgh as a good example, there's many immigrants from uh, Middle Eastern countries moving in, and they aren't necessarily Christian or Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, but, they, but, they are, but they're living close to within about three or four different Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's kind of an initiative going on to uh, reach out and talk to them, tell them who we are, mm-hmm. and maybe get them interested in coming to Mass or mm-hmm. just checking it out uh, to see. And that could even apply to uh, your neighbors who may have been Catholic mm-hmm. uh, or may not have any ties to any religion, uh, but to invite them to come to Mass or invite them to read the Bible with you and invite them to pray with you and just show them uh, what the faith is all about. Uh, teach them the rosary. 
and inform them about the priest, because you're right, there are a lot of misconceptions about the Catholic faith out there, about mm-hmm. who we are and what we do, so it's it, it's important to not only tell people, and you definitely don't want to argue with people, but show them why we do what we do. Tell us a bit about your, your own parish. Now, um, I know that different people have got def- different definitions of what a vibrant parish is. So tell us how your church has managed to be vibrant and or uh, something where you've seen, you know, a major transformation take place. Mm-hmm. Well, what's been pretty interesting, uh, my parish, it, it's referred to as Holy Apostles Parish. Okay. And it's in, the south, it's in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, but it's actually four church buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's St. Albert the Great Church, St. Norbert Church, St. Basil Church, and St. Wendelin Church. And they came together as part of this on-mission initiative uh, in Pittsburgh, but it actually started before uh, churches were starting to come together. So here you have four different churches uh, that operated independently for close to, if not more than hundreds of years. Ooh. And and uh, it took a while for them to... for parishioners to step out of their comfort zone and get to know the other parishioners from these other four churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, they each had their own church festival or mm-hmm. church fish fry. And in recent years, it combined these four churches are now operating with one festival or one fish fry and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> one organization. So it's taken time to come together and learn from others and it's not so much about being set in your own ways. It's about wanting to adapt and wanting to uh, try things maybe a little bit differently and see what works, see what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's, it's definitely been impressive to see these four churches, these smaller churches, uh, uh, probably struggling financially churches, to mm-hmm. come together and pour all their resources into one basket. Mm-hmm. And then they could accomplish a lot more that way. And you could reach more people that way and uh, do more activities that way, too. Mm-hmm. How has this affected your uh, attendance now? I mean, and and how is it that people have responded? Has there been initial anger? Has there been, you know, uh, strife? I mean, how did you all get over that initial uh, coldness, I guess, and kind of... Right. It, right. It's, it's still an ongoing process uh, because there's some parishes who knew this was coming and there's others who are kind of reluctant to the change. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Church of Pittsburgh is really preaching to... Uh, step out of your comfort zone and realize, hey, this is good. everybody's going to be affected by this. So mm. the, pe- the people who go to the same mass, sit in the same pew, that routine might be shaken up a little bit. Mm. And uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But the reason why we do this week after week is not for our pew. It's for <laughs> Jesus Christ's sacrifice for us and why we worship him. So it's the church is, like I said before, it's more than just one building. Mm. It's it's uh, the whole body of us that, that make it up, and uh, we're here for Jesus. Do you find that some of the resistance is from people who've just been, um, and and this is one of one thing that our podcaster call these people, is pew warmers. So do you find mm-hmm. that the resistance comes mostly from them because they're afraid of doing anything different from what they've done for the last whatever number of years? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I hate to pick on, I love the city of Pittsburgh. I love uh, living here. Uh, but it's, it, it, Pittsburgh is very, a very territorial place. Uh, you, most of the people that are here have lived here for 60 and 70 or even 30 and 40 years. So it's okay. hard to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's hard to, not just with church activities, but it's hard to 
go to a new grocery store if your old grocery store closed or oh, okay. uh, if you if your cable channel lineup has changed or something like that uh, <laughs> it's hard and uh, it's about being adaptive and mm. uh, almost having a more inquisitive mind to, or to uh, want to try something new so unfortunately there are people out there who may not accept these changes and unfortunately they may stop going altogether mm. uh, but uh, you hate to see that happen and you, yeah. you would just want people to try and uh, try something new and for example if people are used to going to a 9 a.m. mass at the church closest to their home mm. that maybe that might go away sometimes so mm. if there's a 9 a.m. mass at another church you need to maybe try to go to that one where you can meet new people and understand mm. uh, new and exciting things that this other parish is doing and um, I know this is uh, we, we've talked about this on other uh, podcasts as well and I've, I've met with some resistance but I feel technology is important to reach out to young people today at parishes and I mean that uh, you need to have a website, you need to have mass timings on there, uh, maybe even social media. But can you talk about how we can start technology at churches so that young people, you know, we reach out to young people? Sure, yeah. And I think podcasting is on the rise, too. So what you're doing is uh, is great uh, to get people involved. And there's actually some priests in the Diocese of Pittsburgh here that uh, are starting their own podcast, wow, which has okay. been interesting to listen to. So. Yeah. Yeah, that it's um, important. I mean, I work for a newspaper. It's a weekly newspaper, mm-hmm. but we realize that young adults, teenagers, and yeah. the youth aren't really reading newspapers to get their news. <laughs> that uh, they turn to Twitter and Facebook. So it's very important to have a presence yeah. uh, online, so uh, you can see the mass times, you can see the activities that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my job, I actually run our. Pittsburgh Catholic newspaper social media pages. So mm. I like to post pictures from events and encourage more people to come out. Yeah. And um, it's for I think by, by putting pictures and videos on websites and on social media, it shows others what you're doing and what okay. ministry you're doing. And um, it, it, it'll pay off when more younger people are seeing this because that's their main outlet for news. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they can get involved uh, down the road. Yeah. That's great. I think, you know, they have they need to have more young people operating this machine because I've yes. seen a number of parishes where they don't even have a website. And uh, I think LPI did a, a survey where they found that if people didn't have a website, people didn't really go to church there because they wanted to see mass timings, reviews. I don't know why they want reviews, but even reviews online. Yeah, it's, it's important. I do the same thing on Sundays. If, uh, <laughs> if I know that there, if I know I'm traveling or if I know yeah. uh, I want to sleep in or if I have something going on Sunday, I know I'm going to check out the mass times. I'm going to Google search yeah. different churches. And uh, if I don't see a mass time on their website, I'm not going to go to that church. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the church that has uh, the more easy access, accessible mm. website. So uh, what would you um, recommend to people? I think uh, there are lots of, we have lots of parish administrators also listening. So what would you say at least three things that a parish should have in terms of technology so that we can reach out to working youth? Sure. Um, I would say if, if, if obviously a website, uh, but beyond that, social media too. Um, mm. And it's important, it's important to not you can't just make a Facebook and say, hey, we have a Facebook page. It yeah. needs to be active. It needs to be updated at least a couple times a week with mm-hmm. pictures or videos mm-hmm. of 
what your parish is doing. Uh, talk about the events that are coming up in the next week or that weekend, um, and just encourage people to come out. Uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even Insta- I think Instagram is uh, the most popular yeah. outlet for for teenagers at least. Yeah. This, uh, so that's important to show pictures and videos because um, kids these days they're going to be scrolling on. They're always scrolling on their phone, mm. and if you don't put something that catches their eye they're going to go right past it. So um, that's why I think videos and pictures are important to um, accompany any kind of Facebook or Twitter post. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Video is important too. So whether you just have uh, uh, somebody in the, in your parish that that can film video and maybe one-on-one interviews with Mm. parishioners about why Mm. you're, why do you go to mass or why do you like this parish or Mm -hmm. uh, something quick and easy like that. It doesn't have to be a long, 20-minute documentary, but just like a 30-second video clip, uh, uh, picking out a parishioner of the week or a family of the week and Mm. um, highlighting their things like that. Because I noticed just from, if I post different stories on my own or the uh, Pittsburgh Catholic Mm. social media page, the stories and videos that get the most hits are feature-type pieces on regular people mm, um yeah. I, I i i put stuff out there that the pope says or that our bishop says mm. and those are very <laughs> important and great too but what really hits home are regular everyday people who they may to them they may not seem like they're doing great things but they really are by being mm. um, the heart they're really the heart of the church and the parish yeah and that's what it is about right the church is about regular people we make up the church yes so I know this is not a question in the list, but uh, what would be your tips or, you know, your best advice for building a vibrant parish to any parish out there? I think it's definitely stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for everybody. That's hard for me. Um, that's hard for anybody. But yeah. it, it's having a welcoming presence. It's uh, shaking hands, looking <laughs> people in the eye, saying hello. Um, I mean, there are people I know at each parish who have known each other for decades yeah um and but uh, there's new like uh, i was new at the parish i go to i was new two mm-hmm. years ago and i had people welcoming me and it left me a, with a good impression and now i know that if i don't know somebody i'd like to introduce myself and mm. just get to know them because it's 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 easy to go walk into church yeah. sit sit there do your thing and then get up and leave but mm. uh, it'd be much more vibrant by just talking and getting to know the people around you so um Matthew, tell us uh, about yourself, where people can find you, reach you, uh, or, you know, interact with you, or even your paper, if they wanted to find out more about your activities or things happening at your parish, uh, let people know. Sure. Uh, Definitely check out pittsburghcatholic.org. We have a lot of great news up there. Um, There, unfortunately, was some news that came out last month about the grand jury report in Mm. the Diocese of Pittsburgh and throughout Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, but... Uh, we have some stories on our website that talk more about that and mm-hmm. uh, call out some call out some of the inaccuracies that may have been in the report mm-hmm. and uh, just let people know what the Diocese of Pittsburgh has been doing to prevent uh, child abuse uh, for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there's great facts on there to learn more about, uh, to go beyond the headlines, mm-hmm. um, if, if you would check that out. But also check out the Pittsburgh Catholic uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages and uh my name is Matthew Peasley, and I'm on Twitter at uh, V-T-H-E-M-P's, the M-P's. So thank you so much uh, for uh, coming to our show. Oh, that sounds great. I, uh, I appreciate your time, and um, 
uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this can help uh, other parishes out. <laughs>